0: Well, hello and welcome to our podcast. I am Stephen Reyes, still here with a freshly shaved throat, and my co-host... Sean Anderson. And today we will be talking about the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. You guessed it, Sweeney Todd, that we are continuing our musical month with the
1: bloodiest musical I've ever seen. Uh, It's one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen, much less a musical. Gosh. (laughs) But... Even though
0: it is bloody and at moments horrifying, you can't help but continue to sing these songs after you're done watching the movie, which I'm going to be playing these on the way to my next destination. <laughs> yes,
1: this movie, this, this violent, gross, gruesome movie is a real toe tapper.
0: <laughs> it, it is a toe tapper. And if you want to be careful, I, I'm going to say since it is a toe tapper, I want you to keep toe tapper in your brain. The next time you decide to be rude to your waiters or waitresses, be kind because you might find a toe in your meat pie. Yeah, I mean, I hope not, but who knows? Well, I always say be nice to the people who handle your food Mm -hmm. and you'll be able to listen to more movies.
1: please. Please.
0: Well, I see that you've washed off all the blood.
1: I, uh, yeah, this was I, I. I was sort of felt like uh, uh, I was in the uh, end of Carrie before she goes like all kinds of crazy on everybody's asses. Um, <laughs> this one, I, I might even, I might even suggest that this movie had uh, more blood than uh, you know that bucket that was dumped on Carrie at the end of the. Oh, that it
0: most certainly had more blood than that bucket that i wouldn't say that there was one scene that had more blood but as a collection yeah it definitely dwarfed her with
1: her blood usage like it's up it's up there with like first volume of kill bill kind of blood like
0: oh yeah that that much I, blood. I agree, I agree with that and so since we are kind of talking without explaining ourselves to people we're going to give you our typical <laughs> Warning of spoilers because we are talking about Sweeney Todd and I definitely want to say if this is your first time watching the movie or hearing about it and haven't seen the movie, I kind of want to suggest for people to watch it because there's definitely some twists and turns that we, we just said spoilers, we're going to ruin stuff and I'd rather you have experienced it the proper way. So go watch it if you haven't. If you've read the play, read the book, seen the play or anything, then listen away. But if you haven't seen anything, pause us. Put the phone aside, watch it, and then unpause in about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: completely agree. That's that should mm-hmm. be you know that that should be our disclaimer or or the subtitle for like every episode we do. Like if you haven't seen it, pause it, watch it, then come back. Yep, yep. We'll be waiting. Except for, you. for the
0: B movie, sometimes you just have to go fun with that.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know that I would suggest that people have to watch every B, B movie we see because some of those are not going to be pleasant. <laughs> as yeah, we've been finding out for
0: the B movies, they can listen to us and then if they want to experience it even more yeah then go watch it
1: yeah definitely and then you know what listen back to the podcast again because we'll be talking probably about stuff that uh really stood out to us or that you might have missed so uh yeah let's get the let's get these podcast uh listening numbers up there I wanna I want to shoot them through the roof shoot them through the roof and so our
0: numbers will go through the roof but the bodies went through the floor
1: oh yeah <laughs> what was that song uh uh let the bodies, let the hit, bodies hit, the hit the floor I i I I, I did not really listen to much. What nineties, early two thousands? Like I'm probably gonna get some hate if I get this wrong. But I think it was System of a Down. Maybe I don't know. You're we'll, you're asking we'll the wrong. We'll
0: see reason. if my if the Instagram account starts getting flooded for me having the wrong name. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's who. It-
1: it might Did have been. It. I I, don't know. I was too busy listening to like seventies, sixties, and seventies music. I, I was it was all Led Zeppelin all the time for me around that point.
0: So you were sixties and seventies. I was listening to R and B and rap because that's what was popular. But then I was secretly listening to like acoustic and folk stuff.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh man, I'm I'm so I. Is it any wonder me being the whitest person? probably most people have seen that I am all into that acoustic and folk music.
0: <laughs> well, essentially just imagine me trying to, I'll, I'll use a scrubs
1: reference. So uh,
0: imagine me trying to fit in, look, trying to pull, pull off a Turk persona and then secretly listening to the JD mix.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I- exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Zach Braff got Donald phase on like kind of secretly into just a bunch of folks songs and everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: it's just fun but to go from a lighter note to a very dark note very
1: dark note a a a, a demonic note you might say <laughs> oh it's definitely demonic but the Music in this was just I thought it was flawless. I thought it was great. Uh I, I okay, I've uh, uh, let me get I don't know, my bona fides here. I've seen this movie before. It sounds like mm-hmm. you have. I I would bet you have.
0: Oh, so I had
1: a great experience with this.
0: So I was it, I saw it back in two thousand seven when I still had my twenties energy. Oh nice. Okay. So we went to a three AM showing. 3 and I had work at six.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, That's... so I had
0: work at six AM. And then work. So oh. hmm So we watched the three AM showing we watched it on an IMAX screen in the front, not the front row, but the front row of the first tier.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, you're
0: poor, poor neck. <laughs> well, no, like we were in screwed back. Like, you know, when the stadium seats start to increase. Well, Sorry.
1: sure, sure. But even like on an IMAX screen, even that bottom row of like the yeah. that first tier, that's that's still a, a kind of low for an IMAX screen. I was still, you're saying IMA- IMAX. IMAX. Yeah, I did. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got i got i really want to do an apple podcast apparently <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i had my early 20s so that i didn't feel the thing then oh sure
1: sure so so let me let me ask you if you were to do that now if you were able to stay up until six in the morning and then go to work again the next day whoo, <laughs> how do you feel your neck would be like right at the moment
0: uh, i wouldn't even make it to work <laughs> no you <laughs> just call in and say ah uh. well no, I'll, I'll tell you this so back Hopefully by the time this podcast episode airs, mm-hmm. things are safe enough that the movie theaters are open again. But back when we did have our theaters open and we had our A-list for AMC and all that, and you can make reservations through your friend's account. Mm-hmm. So my group of friends that live nearby would pick movies and anytime I saw that they picked the front row, I would cancel my reservation and reschedule it for further back Ah, uh, nice. and not sit with them. And I'm like, no, I'm not sitting in the front. Why are you picking the front when the whole theater is empty? Like, no. Why would they do it?
1: Why Why would they do that? What sense is there to that?
0: I don't know. Like maybe somebody had some eye issues or it's definitely well, not for the sweet spot, they but need still, to get glasses it's just like, then. yeah. So no, no, I would just cancel. I'm like, nope, too close. Mm hmm. No. If it was like not in the middle, but closer to the front, but not the front, I'm like, okay, whatever. But sure. the minute I saw it was the front, I'm like,
1: no. No. Life's, life's too short for poor movie experiences and incredibly sore necks.
0: Oh, I agree. But this experience was, oh, captivating that i had some friends fall asleep during the movie because it was so late but i was just like oh, sure, sure. at the edge of my seat staring
1: at everything uh, yeah yeah this one kind of came out of nowhere i feel like i mean who i i can't recall uh, tim burton's exact filmography i know he's done other uh musicals uh before and since okay i uh forgive me I, i'm really not familiar with his entire filmography I, I guess nightmare before christmas was a musical and uh Willy wonka or charlie and the Chocolate Factory had kind of a musical touch to it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree that those in their own way kind of snuck into the categories. Yeah.
1: Although let me, let me amend what I said here. Actually, this, this kind of makes perfect sense for Tim Burton knowing the rest of his films, because it, it, it sort of takes the best parts of the, the musical side of him and really mix it in, mixes it in with the uh, like macabre, uh, dark side of him too. It's, it's sort of just the perfect distillation of a lot of his interests And it ended up being great. I really liked it too. I saw it in the theater and didn't really know what I was getting into because I hadn't, I knew of Sweeney Todd, but I'd never seen the play or or read the play or listened to the music. So I went to this like (laughs) as blind as it can be and walked out there just like, like wondering what the hell did I just see? And also, all of those songs are stuck in my head now. Oh, but see, the
0: songs are extremely catchy. Mm-hmm. And I can say that unless you're actually paying attention, you don't catch what's happening. So I want to elaborate on that. Normally, when I watch a musical, the songs do, for the most part, always help carry the movie forward. Mm-hmm. But they don't always kind of give ex- as much detail like sometimes there's a lot of singing and singing and then like a bit of the chorus is the main point and then they get to it when they actually move out of their musical sequence but right. like Sweeney Todd I feel and I'm pretty sure I'm right that pretty much every lyric in every song was like their dialogue but executed perfectly in song
1: Oh no I I wrote that the my second note on this one was uh, like I really like a musical where the songs actually inform the story and do something to move the plot forward I completely Mm -hmm. agree with you. What they were singing about wasn't just about like, uh, you know, here's, here's what I'm feeling. And here's, you know, here's what a bright summer day looks like or whatever. This was like, I'm in love with this girl or I want revenge or screw everybody. England is shit at that time. Uh, And it, it really, it actually has something to do with the story and and the world they were living in.
0: Yeah. No, I 100% agree that we watched it last night. So I made the mistake of having Nicole watch it. Uh Uh (laughs) It
1: was not for her. No. (laughs) Did she, did she make it through to the end or did she nope out of there? She made
0: it through, but she's like, that was dark. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So I had to point out, I'm like, are you listening to the lyrics? Oh, I thought they were just singing. I'm like, well. You want to listen to the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So I the per, the best example is when I was explaining, I'm like, hey, did you pick up on what she's saying when they were talking about the meat pies, like what the cost of meat is today? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, if you get it, how do you get it? Oh, good. You got it. And she's like, why does she say it so much? I'm like, are we round it for her? Yeah. And she's like, oh, God, they're going to sell the meat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, yep. Like, it, it's subtle. Like, everything is just right. there. It's just a play on words. And yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the strengths of probably the I mean the original story is is and and the music is it's not I mean, it's a very violent and and kind of very gory movie, but Oof. it's also a very intelligent one that really is is subtle about the story it's telling. It's not trying to like I I, I don't know I think it's a just a very well formed and well written story because it's not. All out there for you just smacking you in the face with the points it's trying to make it's you know we're we're telling a kind of fantastical story that probably would never happen and would be terrible if it ever did but we're gonna make it really damn interesting and you're gonna be like totally into a movie where people are are murdering everybody that walks into Mm -hmm. uh, a room and then cooking them into pies and selling them to other people and you'll think like well hell yeah, he wants revenge. Let's I want to root for this anti-hero and almost feel a little bad when he, you know, spoiler, dies at the end.
0: Yeah, that we'll, we'll come back to that just cuz I want to elaborate more on that scene. Yeah. But no, it's just like the play on words when they're talking about the different types of meats like oh what about poet? <laughs> no, it could be disease like just making it like oh you're getting around, sleeping around and the priest is clean and all that. It was just fancying like oh I'm Pussy cats are hard to catch or are quick on their feet and you're like why are you saying that like oh you've been trying to catch the cats to cook them <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, so it's just fantastic yeah, that, I, I
1: i we we did recently uh the greatest showman and i feel like uh i i enjoyed that movie but i don't didn't really get the sense that the music in that movie did it in quite the same way i i, I think it was sort of a different style and it was a well-made movie but if we're talking musicals and, and my preference, I think mm-hmm. I I prefer the sort of musical that does what Sweeney Todd did, where oh, the yes. songs are there to like, like I was saying, to tell the story and not just to, uh, I don't know, explain feelings for several minutes.
0: Yeah, that I still really enjoyed The Greatest Showman because it was just a beautiful thing of I'm going to try to make my dreams come true, mm-hmm. but in regards to musical yeah sweeney todd definitely moves it forward so much smoother i think that for the while there i wasn't really a musical fan and then i saw this one i'm like wait this is how you can <laughs>
1: do it okay now i'm down <laughs> musicals can be bloody and, and gory and 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 awesome and starred johnny depp maybe that's cool
0: <laughs> oh yeah no that that hooked me that even the opening scene where the boat comes into London and all that grayness. Yeah. It, I kind of love the contrast where the young sailor boy starts singing and he's optimistic and everything's still gloomy, but you, you can s- kind of tell that he has a bit of a shine to him.
1: Yeah. He's got that optimism Johnny, of youth
0: on him. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny Depp steps in the picture and it's like, it just gets dark and sour instantly.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I, I just, love I, that. I was, that was looking at notes and, and, and I, I don't know if I agree completely with how you described how, how Todd is feeling. I don't know that he is, is necessarily broken and scared. I think this is uh, you can you can draw a lot of parallels to the Count of Monte Cristo story where this person was unjustly and and undeservedly imprisoned for 15 years in this case and then came back and is like, no, I'm not I, I I'm pissed off now and I want to exact all the revenge I can on everybody who wronged me.
0: So I can correct that. Cause I was typing while looking at
1: the screen. Oh, okay. I meant to type scarred scarred. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I completely agree. <laughs> he is very scarred. Um, he's, he's certainly his hair's gotten crazier, which, Oh, I love the hair. <laughs> I Yeah. I, every time I see that, I'm like, how can I make this happen for myself? Because I mean, Maybe I shouldn't because he, it made him look a little like, uh, deranged a little bit. He so, looked like a deranged rag doll. Yeah. 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 But it, I mean, it was still impressive looking hair. And, uh, he, he is definitely a very different and scarred man. You know, you see at the beginning before he is beaten and taken away, just kidnapped away from his, his new wife and his young child that he, he looks very much like the, the, what is his name? The, the young man that he wrote into the, uh, that he came into England with Anthony, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like he, he looked, he looked as bright and, and shining and optimistic, even shinier. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that shot was, or that scene was shot in this very, uh, golden looking way. Like everything felt like it was sparkling and everything was great and, and happy. And he, he, looked like a completely different much younger person and then i mean obviously it was 15 years later so he's going to be older but he also just looks like he's had the weight of unimaginable grief and just the world on his shoulders for all of those 15 years
0: oh no i completely agree that it's funny when you see somebody who is the same age as somebody else and you can tell the years have not been kind
1: yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh this is an excellent depiction of that right right and uh gosh I I would imagine at that time maybe a young couple like like what Benjamin Barker and and uh Lucy were that probably mm-hmm. early 20s late teens early 20s for for that yeah. time in in England and in the world so when Todd comes back I don't think it'll be a stretch to say that he's maybe in his mid-30s but he looks like just so much more beat up and older than than that like that the streak of gray hair um, Uh Shouldn't be there. No, no. (laughs) I mean, it kind of gives the impression that he was just like uh to his core, just like horrified and and frightened about like just being locked up for no reason for fifteen years, a decade and a half. I like I feel like if I was in that position, yeah, some of my hair would probably turn white. I would go gray like within the first year in that prison.
0: It just it warped him into a different man because he Mm -hmm. even gives himself a different name.
1: He does, yeah. Benjamin Barker to Sweeney Todd. I want to know why, like, why Sweeney Todd?
0: (laughs) I think that's something we need to look up and answer in the show notes. Probably, yeah. I'm sure there is an explanation to that.
1: Maybe some sort of, uh, I don't know, old folklore sort of thing. Um, A monster who would suck people's blood or cook them into pastries.
0: (laughs) It's got to be something that, but he definitely took it and ran with it because
1: I think the actors... All of them yeah. were just fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean uh, every every there I, I, there may be some things you can find to fault with this movie, but I don't think the acting is one of them. Every single one yeah. is just even even some of more the more unknowns like Anthony and uh, Joanna who I haven't really, I haven't really seen those actors before or kind of sense that I can recall. Mm-hmm. Even they were just like up to the level of Alan Rickman and, and Helena Bonnock Carter and Johnny Depp. Like everybody was just like killing it. <laughs> no pun intended. Which that says
0: something because those three are legends. Like the late Alan Rickman. Yeah. Anything I've seen him in has been fantastic. Johnny Depp. No matter what role it is, mm. he delivers. Like, even if it's a stupid one, he. And then whenever they list Helen the Bottom Carter, uh-huh. I'm just like, uh, You know, you're in it. I'm game down for
1: a good movie.
0: Yeah. I don't even care what the description is. I'm like, So they have this actress, and the movie's about, I'm like, I don't care.
1: I'm watching it. <laughs> Give me my ticket. Damn it. Mm-hmm. So even, even, Meh. even like Alice in Wonderland, which I think a lot of people may have rightly criticized as not being uh, Tim Burton's best movie uh, Helena Bonham Carter in there as the queen was awesome. So good. Oh, yeah. And just like really reveling in kind of an absurd, uh, very big and crazy character. She just killed it. It, it kind of fit her perfectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, you know, we could, I, this could be just like an actor appreciation podcast or episode for this one, because I like, I want to, I want to <laughs> talk about all three of them. I want to talk about all of them, but like Johnny Depp as, as Sweeney Todd, just, Oh God. I like, why hasn't that I know he's been nominated for awards, but why hasn't that man won all of the Oscars every time he does a movie? I'm like, this is the best thing I've seen this year. What the
0: heck? I don't know, because it's just impressive that the two of them together, I use the word flawless in my notes a lot. I'm not flawless, obviously, <laughs>
1: but they were. <laughs> they definitely were. I I, mm-hmm. I was when I was putting the some of the film trivia into our show notes to, just to sort of like help inform the film. I was impressed to see like um I know with with The Greatest Showman, you know, Hugh Jackman certainly did all of his singing and and I'm sure a lot of people did in that film, but the Rebecca Ferguson character who played Jenny Lind had somebody else do the they dubbed the the singing in for her. And I know uh in, in older movies and a lot of older musicals, uh especially the actresses for some for a really annoying probably sexist reason, they were they were always dubbed over. With other, uh, I guess, more professional singers. Yeah. But this one, it seemed like the the, the songs you were hearing, the voices you are hearing, belong to each of those actors, and they weren't being dubbed over by anybody else.
0: Yeah, just just Jenny Lin. That was the only one that was dubbed mm-hmm. because they had like the winner of the Voice, who had an has an amazing voice. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I step in. Yeah,
1: but I mean, uh, Helena Bonham Carter almost, I think, didn't get the role because I guess the producers or the studios weren't that confident in her and weren't sure that she could like deliver the sort of vocal quality that a movie like this would need. And then she to, to like really, or not, not the producers to, to Steven Sondheim himself. I'm sorry, not even the studio to the creator of this entire musical. Uh, he wasn't sure if she could really follow through and, and live up to it, but then she sent like multiple, multiple, uh, audition tapes and songs to him just to like say, Hey, Hey guy, I can do this, and like from that point on, Sondheim was like, you know what, uh, you're in Helena Bonham Carter, you're you're my Mrs. Lovett. Yeah, no, she can definitely sing
0: that. Even I, when I first saw it, was shocked with Johnny Depp being able to carry
1: a note like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, uh, he, I, I never really got the sense that he was a musical sort of person. I, I I'm sure he like a lot of actors uh <laughs> of his stature or around his time he's got his own band i'm sure and he he probably sings in that one i i should know that i i don't know why i don't i'm not up on uh up to date on my johnny depp facts but he may not be totally inexperienced but he still like delivers on this film in a way that you might not expect because i mean he's not jackman or anything
0: you wouldn't expect the people that you're so used to seeing act yeah and just be like impressive actors Mm. to not be able to do this so spectacularly as well but it just kind of surprises you even the way that they were singing because there was often times where they were overlaying, Mm. and so one person was saying one set of dialogue and the other one was saying something else yeah or sorry singing a different part of the song and it's not even the same words it's similar words that are saying their own part but harmonizing perfectly and not getting thrown off Mm -hmm. by hearing somebody else say something else that's a hard technique to pull off
1: yeah i like i was having trouble sort of keeping both sides of the those song conversations kind of ordered in my head but like trying to imagine doing that on set and i'm sure those takes that they got were the result of many many rehearsals but it's oh, I'm still sure, but still really impressive to see like done that well and live like that it's really cool
0: oh it was definitely cool and that i kind of want to just make a random jump to the beach scene okay because i have never seen somebody be so unhappy
1: on the beach <laughs> right okay so that was that was when love it was like it, it's clear that she's falling for sweeney todd and that she envisions. Mm-hmm uh a future with him that he does not have nor probably wants at all it was
0: more of the like you're helping me out to whatever you want but yeah it was a shotgun wedding that fantasy oh definitely
1: (laughs) yeah i mean clearly uh, you could see it written all over his face and like you said the body language was was crazy he was sitting on that beach towel dressed in like that i don't know old old timey like swimming costume and which kind of looked like a prison jumpsuit it did, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh damn. Okay. All right. I, I'm so glad you pointed it out because that really brings a lot more uh, uh symbolism and backstory to that song. You know, he he's not just married to this person, he also feels completely trapped by this future uh and and that he doesn't want. He feels like it's it's a new prison for him when he would rather just be uh focused on his his acts of revenge against the people who wronged him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Good eye on that one. Good catch. That one's a a good uh, uh, a a Reyes. Look out for this. Oh, I I like that phrasing. An Arloft. I'm stealing that from Matt Gorley, if anybody knows who that is. But it, it works perfectly.
0: It did work perfectly. It was just smooth. And let's see what else oh so i'm not going to go play by play for the movie but the first time he has the judge in his shaving chair yeah i was so shocked he just didn't slit his throat right there
1: (laughs) i was too i mean you know i i see i can see why it didn't pan out because uh, anthony comes running in but like there was there there was a whole song between uh turpin sitting in his barber chair and Anthony coming in, I'm like, what, what mm. are you waiting for? Just do it. Well, that it was
0: Mrs. Lovett who I convinced him to be patient, savor what's going to happen because once it's done, it's done. And yeah. so he had the moments and he was actually enjoying the moments leading up to it. Mm-hmm. But of course, the young, anxious lad ruined it for him, which is fine because he would have kind of cut it short because when he does get the judge later, it's so much more sweet because he's like dropping hints and lets him know at the last second who he is. Uh-huh. And then you can see the fear before he just, and he c- kills him worse than anybody he killed that throughout was the gruesome,
1: movie. Right. Oh, it wasn't just that's throat slit. It was just stab, 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 stab with, I, I mean, he was using straight razors, but I, didn't really get the sense that the ends of those straight erasers were sharp. No, they're, they're blunt at the on one side, which, yeah, which makes it so much more terrible. Like just, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not great well, to begin with, that but oof. judge Turpin was
0: still alive after going down the chute.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Down the chute, like smashes his head. Uh, I, mm-hmm. uh, like I can't imagine what sort of agony he was in, but I, I don't know. He, it's one of those things where he's like, this is gruesome, but i mean he locked sweeney todd away for 15 years just to steal his wife and he
0: sentenced a child to hang by the neck in like the beginning of the movie (laughs)
1: that's right that's right oh that was that was a horrible moment you see him in in you know in in his judge's chambers and he's like you've i i hate having to see you here again and i think the only way to teach you a lesson is to kill you and then they pan over and it's, it's like 12 year old kid Just breaking down and weeping. This will teach you to steal things more than once.
0: So that was heartbreaking because it's just like really a child. And then, uh, what was the kid's name that they kind of adopted, so to speak, Uh, Toby? Yeah, yeah. Toby. So when Toby's singing to Mrs. Lovett, trying to say, "I'll protect you. I'll take care of you," like it's so sweet because it's just like a child going, "I'll take care of you, mom." Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you see her face start to like. It just, she, you can see her face and her heart breaking on screen when she realizes she has to choose between him and Todd. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And before then, I think she had definitely envisioned uh, a future with both of them, Mm -hmm. but it was becoming clear that that wasn't going to happen because, uh, God, no, uh, Todd was so, so focused on just one thing. There was no, there was no way he was going to get married, agree to be anything other than this murderous fiend. He was just focused
0: on one thing and one thing only. And I think any part of him
1: that existed was just snuffed away. Completely. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you Mm -hmm. stay the same person you were before being locked away in prison for, for that long and then lose everything, find out that your daughter is now the, the ward of the person who sent you away to prison for that long. And is, you know, and is now trying this trying to essentially is
0: like, do her.
1: Yeah. And this man yeah, is, he, he was, you know, becomes intent on, on marrying your daughter. Uh, like the, it's uh, God, this, this movie is, is just horrifying on more than just the violence level. It's like, how does a person, how does judge Turpin like think or, or, or like, what, how do, how do you, how does that sort of a person, come into existence who, who would do that to other people
0: i don't know because like they insinuate that judge turpin takes advantage of the wife by like getting her drunk mm-hmm. why she's waiting to talk to him under the false pretenses that we're going to set your husband free yeah and then take somebody that as I'm, I'm guessing todd's child at most might have been two at the time that he adopted her very young and then you raise a child from that young and are peeping on her this entire time like that whole
1: peephole in the wall Uh very very creepy
0: if it had been anybody other than alan rickman Uh i would have been like i hate this actor from this point on oh really? (laughs) yeah but i know how great of an actor he is i was like i want to hate you because this role sucks but i
1: i like you man right and also how apparently how nice uh the real actor is alan rickman is apparently from all I've heard about him is, like, the sweetest person who's ever lived.
0: Oh, yeah, that any interview, even the docu- the Galaxy Quest documentary, mm-hmm. they were all talking about he was just the nicest guy, very dedicated to his craft, but the nicest person, s- sweet to the fans, even tolerated the, by the G- Brathars, B- Brathar's hammer. hammer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that just, this the kindest human being, and that, it, like... Anytime the news or somebody texts, oh, did you hear so and so die? I, I'm always saddened because it's always sad to hear somebody pass. But when that one
1: happened, I was like, Oof. that one really hit hard. Uh you know, mm-hmm. I, he he done so like his career was so varied and so I don't know impressive that yeah, it was, it was like it was like when Robin Williams died. I think he he touched so many lives and was so important in so many ways for so many generations of people that it, it would. I don't know. You'd have to be a little heartless to sort of brush that one off and say like, eh, whatever, good riddance or whatever. Know. It, it, that one, that one knocked me out for a while.
0: Yeah, it, it hit me hard just because there were so many iconic roles that he did. Mm-hmm. Hans Gruber, Galaxy Quest, which that one's just a nerd <laughs> one. There is, of course, per- Severus Snape. Mm-hmm. And these are just like kind of the pop culture ones, not even like his like serious dramatic roles. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it's he—he's such a an impressive actor, and I don't know. I I certainly miss him, and I I, I miss seeing new movies by him. But luckily, yeah, there are he—he he, was in so many other movies, and there are still ways to remember him. Like like in this movie, unfortunately, this character Judge Turpin, is like w- w- the worst person I've ever seen, and I a very a uh, good example of what can happen to somebody when you're giving complete unchecked like unbridled power over anybody who who could ever appear in front of you like i think it just distorts the man and and makes him think that he can do and have anything and actually tries to to live that sort of life until he is snuffed out by Todd uh, oh yeah it, it's, it's, it's more like chopped up by chopped, Todd yeah definitely uh, it, it was, <laughs> that was that was gruesome that was gruesome Um, and was only kind of a shame that he didn't get, no, I, you know, I don't want to finish that sentence. I don't want to suggest that it was a shame that he couldn't get chopped up into and baked into meat pies to be fed to other people. But I, his, him being stabbed, his throat slit and like smashing his head on that floor and then just laying there is about as much as you, you could, uh, hope for expect from uh, the demise of uh, a truly evil person like that. I mean, I don't want to suggest that violence is the answer to anything. I don't approve of any sort of murder or violence. I don't like it. Uh, but like he Turbin didn't help himself out in any way. He was a monster of a human per, uh, of a human being.
0: He was a monster. So I, so I appreciate and respect the fact that you don't want any violence. And I agree. Violence is not the answer. I'm still one who's like, well, but you had it coming, so I will take that road on this one. So there's two types of monsters, I think, in this movie. The one who's just the vicious Judge Turpin and knows what they're doing, but still does it, and then the naive and selfish Mrs. Lovett. Hmm. So with her, her... essential that's interesting why why do
1: you yeah why do you see her as a monster i'm gonna why i see mrs lovett as a monster i mean i should i should clarify my question i i understand that she was definitely enabling todd and was baking murdered people into pies that she was then selling off to other people to eat but Mm -hmm. uh i don't know comparatively how, how do you feel she is a monster
0: so she definitely was even if the people weren't directly evil like they were some sort of innocent because some of the people he was killing were just people who didn't have a family and hadn't done necessarily anything wrong.
1: Right. Yeah. There was that there was that moment where he, you know, in the middle of that montage of him killing just anybody who walks in, like he actually gave just a real shave to somebody who had uh, a wife and a young daughter in the room with him.
0: Yeah. He like he had a code as to who he was going to kill, like people who were just bad on society or wouldn't be missed. Mm. But so cooking people and feeding it to other people, it was definitely a bad thing. But she told Todd that his wife poisoned herself, but neglected to say that she survived. That's right. How, do,
1: how, how could I have forgotten that? Yeah, yeah.
0: So that part, because if he had known that his Lucy was still alive, mm-hmm. I could easily see him being brought back from the edge of darkness. Right. Because he would actually be like, wait, my wife, I can still see, be with her. We can go rescue my daughter. Mm-hmm. I can kill Turpin and leave. Like he actually would have planned a future rather than I'm going to kill everybody. Because yeah, even when he, and he accidentally kills his wife, so mm-hmm. that is even worse, and that's on Mrs. Lovett for not even telling her him who she was. Because you see, at the end when Todd gets killed by the boy, mm-hmm. you know he hears the boy because there's no way he didn't hear the boy pick up that knife. The great opening. Oh uh, sure, you, he you was see, just done.
1: You see Todd kind of lift his chin a bit
0: and you know just just do it please yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah at that point he's lost everything i mean except for his daughter i guess
0: but when he almost got her too (laughs) that um you could tell that when he saw lucy even though it was just her corpse at that point the benjamin barker was finally showing a glimpse of himself in there the minute he saw her yeah so that's why i think she's a monster a selfish one because she wanted todd for herself and Knew the wife was right across the street, but didn't give him the chance to find what he was looking for. Right. Yeah. So as for the violence, her being burned alive over the top and gruesome, but considering that she lied to him in such a severe way. I'm going to go. You kind of had it coming, even though it's really messed up. <laughs> kind of, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Her motivation behind that was, was just complete. It was, it was all just completely motivated by uh, selfishness. She wanted Todd all to herself. She knew that uh, the, that old the, or that beggar woman was Lucy. Mm. She knew that if Todd figured that out, it would just sort of, it would change everything. Um, but, and, and she didn't want any of that to happen. She wanted, she wanted this person who she fell in love with, To to only be with her. And I think that helped inform that that sort of that beach fantasy scene. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, to she she really did enable and and uh, uh, I don't know, uh, encourage Todd to keep doing what he was doing at, at any cost. Yeah,
0: that she was just encouraging him cuz by helping him on his mission without telling him some of the stuff that he was hoping to come back for still exists. Mm-hmm. She helped push him further into his hate and vengeance and he was so filled with it that he killed his wife cuz he didn't even recognize her and almost killed his daughter.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, god, that was a tense moment.
0: Mhm. That I was expecting Nicole to scream. She's like, "No, she's she's no, he's not going to kill her, is she? Uh-huh. I'm I'm like, "No, no, no, no relax." So I'm, I'm Normally I don't give spoilers, but when she's like, he's not going to kill his own daughter. I'm like, no, no. Got really close gonna though. If it,
1: you know, yeah. I had another, I think he had another, another one of those very fort, uh, fortunate interruptions. Like, um, mm-hmm. the first time Turpin was in his chair and yeah. like just saved him from doing something that at the time was not, was not going to turn out well for anybody.
0: No, that it would just been, would have made the movie so much sadder. And <laughs> it's kind of hard to imagine this movie being any sadder or darker
1: yeah oh god no the the last the last shot in this movie is todd his throat slit blood pouring down his chest holding the his his wife who he just murdered and Mm -hmm. with a flaming furnace in the background full of the charred body of mrs lovett and the camera pulls back slowly and it's a beautiful shot but it's the most depressing shot speaking of beautiful shots I'm going to kind of lean into a
0: little bit of a sound there. Well, the whole movie, the rhythm, the choreographing, the timing mm-hmm. of everything, the sounds just amplified everything with oh, this yeah. fully special effects. But that shot after he throws her into the furnace oh, and he closes God, the yeah. door and you see the fire reflecting in his eyes through the furnace.
1: Right. I mean, <sighs> the, the, the yeah. subtitle to this film is, you know, the demon barber of fleet street. And I saw that mm-hmm. and I was, I, it wasn't until this viewing where I, I saw those eyes and I was like, oh, he really is becoming a demon. He's that demon that uh, the the title of the movie says suggests he is. Yeah, it was just
0: right in that moment. It was such a beautiful shot, but haunting as well.
1: Very haunting, especially with Lovett's screams in the background and, and her just writhing mm-hmm. in agony. Ugh. Oh, and I,
0: I know this is a simple sound editing technique where they have the sound of her screaming in the fire, crackling loud. And in the minute as the doors closing, it starts to lessen. Yeah. It's a simple trick, but it was super effective Works really
1: well. I mean, yeah, it helps, Mm -hmm. helps you hear the rest of the scene, but also suggests that, Oh, she, she's slowly not going to make it out of this one.
0: Oh, no. And like, you kind of feel bad, but you also don't. It's one of those. Oh, I'm, I'm in the gray area yeah. here.
1: This I, I would say this entire movie is in the gray area there because none of the people except for, I would say, Anthony and Joanna and even even Toby. Uh, like he 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 was kind of an innocent and everything. He didn't really deserve anything to happen to them to him. But everybody else in the film just no, the, the, there's nothing really redeeming about them the whole movie was definitely in
0: the gray area that the whole movie was pretty much gray
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah oh god yeah the, like, literally. i've never seen such pale white pasty people and it, i i thought it was i thought the the color grading in this film was very interesting because there was no it was, it was very extreme in every shot you see it was either just like completely nearly desaturated um or Like, just bathed in, like, gold tones or sepia tones or or fire tones. There was no balance to the colors. It was all just, like, all blue or all red or all orange. It was just, yeah, it, it definitely made you feel like you were in a dark place. Yeah, dark, grimy, dingy place that had, like, all of its warmth and all of its life sucked out of it, which... You know, you hear some things about like old, old timey England, where, you know, especially London, where it's just sort of Mm -hmm. this like not a great place for most people to live in. Uh, And I I think this movie really tries to hammer that point home and saying that like this, this place is just you, you walking down these streets. You're going to get the life just sucked out of you. You're not going to have anything left in you. And if you do, Todd will get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get any haircuts in, you know, if you find yourself on Fleet Street, get your haircut somewhere else.
0: Oh, I wonder if somebody actually has a barbershop on Fleet Street just to see if people will actually come to
1: them. That would be amazing. Uh, I would, (laughs) I would ask for, and just a trim on my head. I would not ask for a shave. No, you see, that's why you just have to go with other people. (laughs) I, I suppose so. But I don't know. Todd was Todd was very quick with that straight razor. Like that last when he killed Lucy, it was just phoom, and then like blood was pouring down and she was through that shoot. It happened in like less than two seconds.
0: Yeah, no, it was just how can I put it? It was like a magician a magician sleight of hand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Really was. It kind of reminded me of how how sudden and uh jarring the moment in uh Gone Girl was where uh, Rosamund Pike's character slit Neil Patrick Harris's throat. And like mm-hmm. I, he did, it comes, comes from so out of nowhere and it's so shocking and so like horrifying because you know, it, it when every time I see that happen in a movie, I sort of cringe a little bit. I cringe slightly and my hand moves up toward my neck a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh God. And
0: so it's essentially the neck version of seeing somebody get kicked in the balls.
1: Yes. Oh God. yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's neither one is great but in in this case like that throat slit is is gonna kill you and and i think todd was just like you said he was a magician he was so quick and so expert at it that you know your life could be snuffed out of out of you before you even realize what happened
0: it was just a quick impressive film that to kind of give my last sound note Mm -hmm. and all the sound cues like The musical sequences, the singing, that is extremely complex. Everything that goes in making a sequence like that and writing the music for that. So I'm not going to even begin to break that down. But one of the things, even though it was simple, that I found fantastic was just some of the organ cues mm. like after he find she shows him his razors still there and he says my arm is complete again yeah and the organ just kicks him from like pretty much silence it just floods the room with like horror but also a moment of fulfillment for him
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really so i just that love moment. that stuff that was a, that was a mm-hmm. great song and that that pose that he made with that shot that they had it just felt so triumphant and he says finally i'm complete and you really do get the impression that he was this broken like incomplete person before then and then he he grabbed that and he found his purpose again
0: yeah that 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 for me was just one of my favorite audio cues and just visual moments as well mm-hmm.
1: this movie had a lot of them i i feel like i i think the people who like this movie really like it and i think it's a good movie but mm-hmm. it doesn't really maybe it's not old enough yet but i don't think it's as Highly regarded highly regarded as some of Tim Burton's other movies and i I kind of think it should be because it's a great film tells a great story and has great music uh, it, it's just it's it's very you know I can I can say uh how I feel about this film I think if you are okay with the amount of violence and blood in in this movie and it wasn't it clearly wasn't like real blood because it it was very red. Like bright red, it wasn't that. And it like was pretty thick deep, too. like wine-colored blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, still very gruesome and hard to watch, as it sounded like Nicole found yeah. out. Um, so, <laughs> if if you're not into that, then maybe this one isn't for you. But if you can deal with it, then this movie is fantastic so
0: i think you answered the question i was about to ask which is whether you think our audience should watch this movie
1: i, th- I think they should i think it stands up there with t- some of tim burton's best so
0: i 100 agree so we'll make it simple you guys should definitely rent it if you're a tim burton fan musical fan or even a little bit of a dark gory fan automatic buy yeah there you go yeah. but you should definitely watch it and you'll know which
1: version works for you Yeah. Well, that's that. That sounds like that's about doing it. I I liked it and sounds like you liked it. I'm glad we watched this one. This was a good suggestion. I wasn't uh, I I, I, like I said, I had seen it before, but I guess I had forgotten how great it was. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. that I was able to that you suggested it and I was able to see it again and experience uh, uh, just a really well told story.
0: I think it was told extremely well. I'm Glad I was able to appreciate it even more this time around because I knew I loved it the first time, but this time I just kept on catching more and more things. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else more to say other than go on and watch it.
1: I I would agree. So... You know what? Thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to speak for Steven. And in this case, uh, I will say we really appreciate you tuning in and, and making it through to the end and giving us your ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means a lot to us that uh, you're, you're supporting the podcast and getting out there and, and spreading the word. Um, so, you know, a great way to do that is to head on over to iTunes or to wherever you leave a rating review. Give us one of those. Give us your thoughts or uh, heck, I don't know. Head on over to our Instagram or Twitter profiles, and you can you can shoot us some messages there too. So we really appreciate it, and uh, I can't wait to get to the next one. The next one, I, I guess we're kind of wrapping up our, our musical month with the next episode. Yes, with, I uh, believe with it another classic uh, classic movie, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be a good one. We're I'm looking forward to that one. It's I think it's one we both haven't seen yet. So correct it'll be it'll be a fresh musical for us and it'll be maybe a fresh musical for you so we'll see you then and until next week thanks for listening you've been listening to more movies please